What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Social City Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Foster, at Old School Omar. This is my stunning wife, at Aubriana, Cherie Foster, <laughs> at Aubie. Full name. Full name. Full I name. Full name. Yeah. I know. I love it. Welcome. We're here. Episode two, season one. This is what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. We're going to be talking about our food journey and relationship with food. we got a fun new segment that we brought some friends on to help us out with. And we've got our first guest. First guest on today's episode, some legacy members, Will Hunter Brown and Becca Bargeson. We'll also go into our obsession of the week and we'll close off the show with our gratitude, y'all. But first, we got to give it up to our sponsor. Sponsor for episode two, The Good Life Chef. Andrew. Andrew. Our boy Andrew and Dee, they run a local company called The Good Life Chef. They've been around for about five years. Got a really cool story. I remember Andrew was a big high exec chef on the strip, Mm -hmm. and he was looking to branch off and do his own thing. I was like, man, you got to do it. He came to me for advice and was kind of asking, like, which route or direction I think you should go. And I was like, man, just pull the trigger. You got to jump and make it happen. So they've been doing mobile food delivery for about three years, uh, and they recently just opened up their brick and mortar. That's right. The brick and mortar. Congrats, Andrew and D. TheGoodLifeMealPrep.com is where you can go to order some of the tastiest Fit Prep meals I've ever had. We've I mean, had- true talk. We've had our, our fair share of Fit Prep meals without a question or meal prep in general. And we have never, and it's not just because Andrew's our friend, we have never consistently ordered meal prep from a company as long as we have The Good Life. They are the bomb. Yeah, some of, my, f- some of my favorite meals are that French toast sandwich they do. <laughs> French <laughs> toast with the sausage. They've got that lasagna for two. It's Is it really for two, though? No, nah, man, they play. Andrew why, Andrew, why are you playing with that lasagna for two? Like, who's splitting that lasagna in half? I know, Nobody. Uriah barely even gets half of it if you have it. Oh, yeah, Uriah will sure. smash the whole lasagna for two by himself. We also uh, want to give a shout out to them for being out and involved in the community. They partner with Garden Farms Foundation, which is a nonprofit that helps uh, gardening for kids. Mm-hmm. Then they also do farm to table and educating kids. They're just out and about in the, in the city, you know, doing good, it up. Yeah, good people with good food. Can't yeah. beat that. So here we go. After 14 years of being in the health and wellness space, we have heard hundreds of collective stories, conversations, and perspectives that have created so much inspiration in our own lives that we wanted to bring them beyond the four walls of the gym and share them on a greater platform. Our goal is to share some of our favorite personalities, stories, and perspectives that continue to inspire us. Episode two, boo. What it do? We made Here it. We, are. we made it. Episode two, man. We survived we, the first one. We pulled off the band-aid. We published episode one. Kind of daunting. Getting it's not just plug one, two, three, and go. You gotta upload the videos, you know, to the YouTube. You gotta I have get my on tech, my tech guy do all that. <laughs> yeah. Tech guy being Omar. Yeah, not only am I the host, but I'm the tech guy uploading all That's that. Right. But how do you feel? How'd you feel after publishing episode one? Really good. The the feedback was really overwhelming and super positive, and it was so cool because we actually had heard um, from some old members, people that had started with us like 14 years ago. And so it was so cool that, you know, we had created this with the idea that we were going to have um, another layer added to the gym for members of a source yeah. of education, inspiration, storytelling, things like that. But then to be reconnecting with people from 10, 12 years ago was just really, really cool. And I was saying this earlier, but I got a lot of Nice feedback about my voice that made me <laughs> wildly uncomfortable. But yeah, that's overall, always been a thing for you. You've always been kind of well, had a little bit of a complex about your voice. Yeah, a huh? little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So a beautiful, thanks. sexy. Oh, raspy. Oh. oh, I don't know about all that. Voice, but. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but it was good. It was really good. I was a little nervous, I think, to say the least. Just it's always nerve wracking putting anything out there, but. Like I said, I'm standing true to what I said in the first episode that we're like, we're here to fall on our face a little bit this year. And I'm sure there's going to be some episodes that 
are not going to be as smooth as the first, you know, but I'm happy we're here. Yeah, I feel good about it, man. I got a lot of messages and just people who were fully supportive of us, yeah. you know, it just opened their eyes to a, to a different angle um, mm. as to what we do, you know. People know us as the owners of the gym, but to dive a little bit deeper and peel a layer back and yeah. get episode one in the books feels good. Thank you guys so much for the outpour, the support. Totally. We're going to keep this rocking and rolling. For those who don't know, we're looking to film 10 episodes on season one. Uh, every Saturday, we're going to be in the studio, hopefully, and then drop them every Monday. So look forward to that when we're dropping new episodes. Speaking of uh, members and 12 years, tw members who have been with us for 12 years, reaching out to us, showing us some love. Do you want to intro, intro our legacy members we oh, brought on? Oh, man, I would be happy to. So I'm so excited that today we have two of our members joining us. If you know anything about the fitness industry and you know anything about owning a gym, you know that turnover is just a part of the game. So to have a member for five years would be exceptional. Seven years would be incredible. But we have been super, super blessed to have two of our members here today with us well over a decade. Uh, Will Brown, I remember when he first came out, this is all of us like pre-kids, just figuring out at the park. Um, we've gotten to be a part of his journey and watch him grow into an amazing father. He's yeah. just a well of wisdom. One of my favorite things about Will is that every year at Thanksgiving, we do a gratitude workout. Mm. At the end of the workout, we end a little bit early and everyone sits in a circle and everyone just goes around and shares what they're grateful for. We've done that, I want to say, for almost all 14 years, except for yeah, maybe, maybe, one. Maybe, maybe one, but every year. I really look forward to what Will has to say. Yeah, he doesn't say much, but when he does, it is full of wisdom. And I'm just so grateful for him being so vulnerable and sharing those moments. So yes. I'm excited for the conversation today. And then we also have one of my greatest friends, Becca. She's been with us for well over a hey. decade. We stole her from the Pilates studio. <laughs> <laughs> she was our, I, I don't know how many CrossFitters they got, but we definitely stole uh, one at least Pilates girl, and that was Becca. So she joined us well over 12 years ago as well and has become one of my greatest friends and sources of inspiration. Really has helped me along my holistic journey and healing. We'll get in a little bit about her integrative health practice that she's mm -hmm. going to be starting. Got to be with her. She was one of our first mamas that came through the program. And oh, so right. with that, um, just was, A, just getting to share life in general with our members is so special. Uh, but when you're a coach and a business owner and there are needs that change in your community, you evolve. And so we got to walk with her through her pregnancy with both of her boys. Um, and now all of our kids are friends. So couldn't say more about these two. But with that, I will go ahead and just welcome them to the show. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you We're guys here. for coming on the show. <laughs> you made it. Now, we know you guys have been around for a while, but this is new on the podcast. So we got to dig back and ask you guys the three questions. You guys got to give your name. You guys got to give something cool <laughs> in the bucket list. You guys got to give us your favorite Disney classic movie. I feel like the last time we asked you guys this, it was like pre-kids, pre-family. Yeah. Yeah. little babies back then. Seen a lot of Disney movies. Since <laughs> three, two, one, go. My name is Becca Margison. Hey. hey. I'm Becca. I'm Becca. <laughs> Bucket list item. Well, this year to get my business going. That's hey. right. Integrative health business. And I'm still going to go with Lion King for Lion a Disney King. classic Akuna movie. Matata. Yeah. That's right. You Akuna can't go Matata. wrong with that. Will, give, give him the intro, man. Hi, my name is Will. Hi, What's Will. What's up, Will? Hey, uh, I don't think I've liked a Disney movie made since 2000. Yeah. I would say probably Lady and the Tramp Ooh, is where I got off the Disney train. that's a good train. one. You don't, yeah. that, you don't hear that one too often. And no. then what's a bucket list? I, I don't know. I well, can't think of a single thing I want. We'll you want to travel? We'll circle back. Yeah, but traveling, you know, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does it's change. Like, yeah, especially one in diapers. It's a little different. <laughs> 
So those are the three, three questions we normally ask uh, newbies at our gym. So we figured we'd fire those back off since it's probably been, you know, over 10 years since we <laughs> asked right. you guys that. Before we get into our conversation, we got a little icebreaker, some trivia for you guys. Are you guys ready? So Avi and I know that you guys both are into soccer because of the kids. And I know Will played soccer. Oh. Question number one. If you know it, just yell it out. First. What does FIFA stand for? Football Associations. That's it. Bingo. <laughs> Federation Internacional oh, de don't tell Football You just were bragging about your sports knowledge, too. He's going to be so disappointed. Uh, we got one yeah, point for Will. One Zero point, Will. Rebecca. Question number two is a social city question. Dun, dun, dun. What year did we move into our current space? 2015. Bingo. Bingo. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, the nose. What were you thinking about? I was pregnant. You, okay. <laughs> I had yeah. Hudson in 2015. There, there you go. go. See how we tie those things yeah. together? Jeez. For all the marbles. Here we go, one question. and one. one. We are one and one. Here's a little bit of nutrition. You, uh, you guys might, may or may not oh, know this. No. <laughs> How many grams of protein are in a six-ounce steak? <laughs> 20 maybe? 20 for Will. It's higher. More. It's higher. Take there a, take a swing. <laughs> seven grams of protein in one ounce. There's your hint. Oh, now it's a math question. Yeah, now it's a math question. 42. 42. Right. Oh. Our winner. Will Brown. That's a lot. Crush it. That's good. There we go. <laughs> That's why Bingo. we like steak in this house. <laughs> Some trivia. <laughs> That's like almost as stressful as when O makes us do the math oh cards. Gosh. So during warm up sometimes, not to scare anyone away, <laughs> but during warm up sometimes, O likes to torture us and he'll have two lines of people and you have to come up and then it's like flash literally cards. like flash basic cards. multiplication yeah. flashcards from like elementary school. And my like two times three, you're like, oh, uh, my know. test anxiety is like <laughs> fully kicked in at that point. So I'm not even looking at the numbers. I'm like, I'm just going to get it wrong. I'm going to embarrass myself. But wait, do tell them that on the box it says suitable for ages five. Oh, it does. Five. I, I, I'm not <laughs> claiming that they're hard. No, it's just <laughs> the fact that you're like, you're on the spot. Yeah. A little bit of pressure. Totally. Can't handle it. Yeah, I usually freeze. <laughs> I usually just wait for the other person to go and look at my team. And I'm like, we're doing burpees. I'm sorry. We're just going to be more warmed up. It'll be fine. It'll be just fine. No, so we're, we're, we're super grateful for you guys to be riding with us through thick and thin, through all the obstacles we've been through. Like I said, you guys were around before any of us had kids, you know, yeah. like that was just a different phase of life. I mean, back then we used to party and it was like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we, were just talking, work, we were just talking about that the other work day. Work hard, play hard. You know, that's like a part of the gym that people don't know about. They're like, wait, what? Omar, you should drink. And I'm like, yeah, no, seven years sober. Like, that was a different life, it feels like, yeah, right? Totally. I mean, for us, I think it, we were talking about you guys last night, obviously, with the podcast today. And we were just talking about how it's been so incredible to just share life with you guys and share the different moments. Because... It is the nature of the business of what we do that turnover is just a part of it. And people go through injuries or they move or different seasons of what they want to train. And it's been such an exceptional experience to get to walk with you guys through different seasons and get to see you guys evolve into parents mm -hmm. and having those conversations and how our friendship has evolved over the time. And we were just saying how blessed we are that we, not even just to have just you two, we have a handful of members that's well over a decade. Um, and that experience as owners is really unique to be able to get to watch somebody walk through that journey of what you're creating and then share that friendship and share those life moments and everything. But man, like, thank you guys. Like I just seriously can't say thank you enough for just believing in us and riding with us through like every evolution as we learned our business and what worked and what didn't sometimes. Yeah, right? And you know, just the nature of what it's like when you're trying to create something, it's something really special. 
really yeah. special. I'm really special. To cry early on. <laughs> <laughs> so before we dive into today's topic, I want to take a trip down memory lane, memory lane, and just talk about where it all started for you guys. I don't think we've ever really discussed where you guys were prior to joining our gym. Yeah. So what was that like uh, before you joined with us, Will? Like exercise wise. Yeah. Or lifestyle. I mean everything. All so of uh, I guess I was going to. A, Lifetime or life, right? Yeah, lifetime, lifetime, the big bougie gym on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was going there and. Um, like you were doing some MMA and stuff too, right? A little bit of jujitsu, maybe, but, but okay. Uh, I started actually at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, right? Where mm -hmm. I think you were previously, yeah. and yep. talked to the dude in the polo shirt, all <laughs> uh, right, with the Twenty Four Hour, you know, fitness logo on it, and mm -hmm. he sets me down. And he's like, "So, what kind of membership are you looking at?" And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you got? He's like, "Well, you know." How serious are you about fitness? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't like on a scale of one to 10, cause, you know, like the implication is like, you know, if you want to pay to go once a week, you're a little bit serious. Mm. But yeah. you know, if you want to pay for like a trainer and a, and a full year at a time, you're really serious about fitness. Got it. You yeah. Know, something like, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like me. Like, Sign right. Me yeah. Cause I so, want to look like that dude, you know, he looks <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I guess I, you know, better sign up for a year yeah. and, uh, you know, and. And there were actually some cool guys over there, some good trainers, nice guys. But uh, so at, at some point I quit doing that and I just wound up at Life, uh, a Lifetime and, uh, you know, men's fitness or men's health. Mm -hmm. You know, every, every yeah. month they have like a big yoke dude, you yeah. know, on the cover. And if you want to look like this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, this right. and do these workouts. Yeah, then there's an article oh, yeah. that's like, do these exercises exactly and you look like I this did. guy. So, yeah, me too. So I'm like, all right. So I'd buy the magazine, you know, turn to the page and it was like, you know, do this for chest and this for <laughs> I literally bring the magazine to the gym, <laughs> you know, set it on a bench, get after it. You know, that's what I was doing. <laughs> so then yeah, how, did, how yeah. did you end up finding us? Matt. Okay. Matt told me that there was a group working out of the park doing park workouts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went there. I showed up there one day. It was back when you used to bring equipment, you know, plates and bars oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was a terrible, you know, it was, it was an awful <laughs> workout. You know, it's like gut Yeah, looking back on it now, like. We, oh, we, we, would we couldn't even hang yeah, doing no. those park workouts from back in the day. Yeah. They were 45 minutes straight. Yeah, straight you know? volume. Yeah, it was blistering. And uh, <laughs> I think I threw up the uh, I think I threw up the first time. And Aubrey, I remember, as I was throwing up, she's like, yeah, you know, like the like, the, like the kid who tells what? Johnny to sweep the knee. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. She's like, yeah. I was like. All right. Yeah, like, these people are about it. You know, <laughs> this is good. And then, then he told me, yeah, you know, like Matt said, you know, when they're not at the gym, they go to this place called the compound, you know? Oh, we're not what, at the park. We go to yeah, the compound. That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. like, so there was this we fight club type thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like totally. Compound. So uh, I went to the compound. That's when it was like, it was like in a dance studio. Yeah. Or <laughs> we were we dancing about that, right? Yeah. It was in a dance studio. Yep. There was like one kind of a contraption that had some pulleys and some stacked mm -hmm. weights or yep. something like that yep. and some pull-up bars. And I just kept following you around. And I guess 10 years later, <laughs> we're still... around Fort Apache. Yeah. I just yeah. show up and do what I'm told. <laughs> It's good. It's the easiest way to work out. Yeah. yeah. Here, here we are. Oh, Perfect. Man. Becca, what was your journey like? What were you doing before? I know we talked about doing Pilates, I but what did, was it like? I did I did everything yeah. before. I ran. Because, you know, I, I love to run. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did spinning. I did, when I lived in California, did like a little yoga, uh, yoga and spinning class. Mm -hmm. Like Will. I think I was sold on one of those packages where it showed up. And yeah. Walked around with the trainer and yeah, I had to sell those packages. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. a trainer at. <laughs> yeah, so. I actually, when I first moved to Vegas, went to a CrossFit 
class, mm-hmm. but it was just like an evaluation Got it. and it was a quick workout, but you know, I can be a little competitive at times. No, <laughs> Becca. And I don't know what I thought I had to prove to these people. <laughs> he's, I'm sitting afterwards talking to him and he's talked to me about the membership and, you know, pricing. And I'm like, excuse me. And I ran to the bathroom to and I threw up. Oh, man. I left, you guys threw up. I left and I never went back to that place. I was so mortified. <laughs> to our benefit, I was though. so mortified. And then right before the wedding, I ended up at CORE Pilates Studio. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the CORE girls. Shout yeah. out to the love CORE them. girls. The CORE girls them. are killing it they right now. Yes, killing they it. are. Yes. Yeah. Shout Great out to Sunday yes. Pilates. Is that the name of their yes, studio Sunday now? Pilates. Yeah. They're on Fort Apache. They're crushing it. If you yeah. are a Pilates person, that is the spot. You know, I wish I could. I wish I had time for both because it really a great workout. Yeah. So you guys were sharing the studio at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd be on my reformer, which I loved. I was always kind of looking over, like. See, I talked about in episode one how we had the windows there. It was like a good synergy back and forth. Because I grew up, you know, playing sports and again a little competitive. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel like I feel like I need to go check this out. Uh Yeah, you know, and I'd see Avi and Omar. I'm like, who's this couple? (laughs) They're so good looking. Who are these people? You know. So one day, I, I think I came over to you and I was like, hey, I'm interested. And I did some foundational courses with you. Yeah, I was gonna say, we did personal training in the yeah. beginning, right? Yeah. yeah, because I really wanted to learn the movements yeah. in a you know quality way and like not injure myself. And so it was important to me to have that one-on-one time to learn that. And so, yeah, I went over there and- I don't think you ever went back. No, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. Sorry, I Sorry, love you girls. guys. I do, I promise. <laughs> but no, I never went back. Mm-mm. So what was it? What do you like? What was your favorite thing when you got into it that just kept you coming back for more? Yeah, because that's such a different modality than I think it was just you could always push yourself to that next level. You know, there was with CrossFit, you could go in and you can say, I'm just going to kind of breeze through this a little bit. Or you can go in and be like, I'm going to try to go as hard as I can in this workout. And I liked that there was always something I wasn't good at. You know, Mm -hmm. there was always something to get better at True that. i remember doing double unders the first time and you know i it was awful it was yeah. horrible at them you're like you know, i can just, do you're like i can do jump even, ropes why am i bad at even this even you know cleans and so yeah. i was just hooked i yeah. was like the athlete in me and yeah. then just the people in the community clearly it's worked i'm clearly still here it's worked well, i think too as an adult it's so rare that we're learning new skills like we mm-hmm. learn things for work or we learn things in life that are a necessity but it's rare that we're taking the time to really like sharpen the saw and maybe one different area and so I think sometimes we forget like learning things and like those little dopamine hits of like yeah. getting a double under the first time or like uh, getting your first pull up, like that part of the modality of how we train is what makes it so addictive. Like we've done this really, really long time and there's a million things that I could still get better at. There's a million techniques that I could still work on. So for me, it's that constant chase of like 1% better in every little area of our life. And that fitness side, it's like, there's always areas to be better at. Like I'm never going to be Omar in a handstand walk. Well, maybe one day, but like maybe, never maybe. say never, <laughs> N- never say never. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I keep cold plunging, it's somehow going to make me better on my, my hands might, or something. <laughs> just Mike. What do you guys think it is that has like kept you guys around all these years, like outside of community, right? I mean, I don't think you can separate community from the experience. Mm, I mean, yeah. Community is just 
woven into the fabric of what we yeah, do. Yeah, but for there. those who are listening and don't know much about CrossFit, if you tell them community, it's like, all right, I don't really understand. Like, give me some depth to community. Like, as an outsider looking in, you know, like, we know community because we're in it. But how do you explain that to someone who's never done what we do? Yeah, they've only done, like, a group fitness class. At- yeah, if they're just a 24-hour... So they haven't done this exactly, but most people have done something like trying to accomplish something difficult with some other people. Mm. You know, everyone Mm -hmm. at some point in their lives has probably been involved in a collective effort to get something done, you know, and that feels good. I think mm-hmm. as humans, yeah. you know, I, I think the, uh, you know, the, the humans who worked well with other people had a, a higher chance of survival. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, they passed on those genes, you know, and were the, you know, the beneficiaries of those genes. And so I think there's just, just meaningful to feel like you're embedded in something that's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And everyone is kind of on the pay- same page, facing the same direction, putting in some effort just feels good. It just feels too good to be a small part of something bigger working towards something, mm. you know? Yeah. In the uh, suck together. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I mean, and and the, I think the physical exertion just takes that up a level. Decorating a float, you know, or preparing for homecoming, you know, or like mm. just any of these little kind of, you know, collective efforts to do something. It just kind of feels good to work with other people and get something done. And then you add to it, you know, the physical exertion, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's difficult and it's difficult for everyone. Oh yeah. Everyone's trying, you know, and everyone's putting out just, it just, it's something, it just feels like it's, it's what, it feels good as a human. Yeah. It feels it's almost like this, instinctual. Like yes. this is what we were meant to do. It feels almost primordial. Like, yeah. yeah, this is what our genes have prepared us to do and mm. feel. I don't know. It just, I, I think we have receptors for that kind of uh, group effort. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, I think it's like an essential nutrient, you know, we're, I love that. We're, we're social primates, you know, we're, totally. we're, we're, we're designed to work together, you know, cooperatively and to, uh, you know, overcome challenges and obstacles together. Society, I think is so atomized these days, mm-hmm. you know, those opportunities seem to be few and far between, you know, if your team is, is connected by email, you know, mm. or instant messages or yeah. something. It's, it's just not the same not the as same. looking so at someone you know, right. and watching them sweat. hundred you know, percent. And, and taking a little bit of that motivation, you know. Yeah, and then to like see them in that physical obstacle, like go through some struggle, but all make it out in the end. Yeah, and it makes you, you know, I I see someone really putting out and like, it makes me want to contribute. Yeah, Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's inspiring. It's like, I want to add something too. Yeah. You know, it's like, I I, want to... Contribute. Yeah, it's just like something like, you know, you see someone on the the side of the road with a car that's broken Mm -hmm. down, right? And it's like, it's not a strong dude. You know, maybe it's an old person or, you know, or or someone obviously in need of help. You know, and inevitably, one person will pull over, get behind the, you know, get behind that car and start pushing it. Yeah. And then another car will push over, will pull Mm -hmm. over, you know, and and, then that person will get next to the first person, right? Now there's two people pushing that car, you know what I mean? And And it feels good. It feels good. And there's just something in us, you know, that draws us to that sort of thing. And, you know, it can just be, it takes what, 10, 15 or six, 10, 15 seconds to, you know, push a car out of the road into a driveway out of traffic or something. And you don't know these people. You know, you'll never see them again in your life. Never see them again. You know, but for 10 or 15 seconds, it's you and two people you've never met, right? Like helping another person, you know, making their life a little easier, clearing the traffic. And then you just kind of share this moment of collective effort with Mm -hmm. this person. That's one thing I always feel bad about. 
when we're driving and someone's pulled over and like they need some help, but I'm just like, ah, yeah, I don't have time. Do I have time? Can yeah, I stop if we have time, now? Omar will like definitely flip around. We've done that a couple times. Yeah, for sure. Because I would hate to be that person on the side of the road. I mean, it's happened to me once in the old school, yes. right before getting <laughs> home, and old Betty, oh, the fuel old school, or something went out, and I was like, gosh, dude, I can't go anywhere. I don't know what's wrong with my car. I don't know if these guys were homeless or not, but they like came right from the bus stop. These guys are wearing like flip flops. The guys' yeah. flip flops were falling off as right. he's pushing me. He's pushing yeah. me barefoot, yeah. you know, and maybe pushed it 25 yards. But I was just so grateful for that, you know, to like know that a complete strangers in support for you, you know? It's in us. Yeah. It's within us. It it's is. our nature. It really you is. Know? What do you think, Becca? I mean, how do I follow <laughs> up that. after that? That's the, the wisdom. Community is obviously one of the first things that comes to my mind, but. When you walk in to your guys' gym, it's just different. It's different. I've been in other CrossFit gyms. You know, I've been to those gyms where you're the warm up's just written up there and you warm up by yourself and no one says hi to you. And I think that you guys have created something so special where people of all walks of life, all ages, mm -hmm. have been able to come in and for one hour take time for themselves in a safe place and where they feel like they're supported by a group of individuals. Yeah. And like you guys said in the last episode, I mean, these are people that sometimes would never even yeah. cross paths. Yeah. You know? That's my, that's my favorite thing is like a little melting pot that the gym is. Yeah. You guys embody the fact that CrossFit is for everyone. Mm. Other places say that, but you walk in and you don't feel that way. Got it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, no, it's great feedback. Everyone's welcome there. And, and that's the goal. It's like I, we've said that from the beginning is we've been on the other side of it, whether it was like travel or dropping in where you drop in somewhere and no one even like talks to you. I mean, they have no problem taking your money, but no one talks to you and there's no like human connection or interaction. And I remember when I used to travel a decent amount for work, I enjoyed dropping in because I was looking for the connection. I had the the fitness knowledge to go in and work out by myself in a hotel gym. I was going to other gyms dropping in because I really wanted the connection and I wanted that experience. And it's almost like a stamp in your passport, right? When you're traveling, that ability to drop in. And I had some exceptional experiences, some that were amazing that I would come home and tell Omar like, oh, we've got to take a little bit of this and try to sprinkle that into what we're doing. And then I definitely had the other side of that experience too, of like walking in and not even, not even like the coaching or anything like that, but just the connection of the community of being like, oh man, like that was a miss. No one even like cared if I was there. Yeah. And I think that matters more than people think. Like you were saying, well, it's it's that like um, exchange of energy that's so addictive. And I think we do get accustomed, whether it's life or work where everything becomes a little bit more sterile, right? Like people are uncomfortable to talk on the phone because that's like too, that's too close. Like that's too intimate anymore. That's kind of the world that we're living in. And mm -hmm. so to be able to to share that pain because there is something really bonding about like you're in the middle of a workout and you're, it's like Saturday and you're dead and you look up, you have like 10 more minutes and you exchange a look across the room like, are we going to make it? I don't know if we're going to make it. but Well, I'm just upset sometimes that I didn't get to finish the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Becca and I are known to, to be put the social in Social City for sure. Hey, you know, we named it Social City for That's a our reason. fault. It's yeah. our fault. It's all good. There's, you know, there's, you're right. I mean, it's the reason it's so good is because it's so hard. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, when you're killing yourself and everyone else is dying, mm -hmm. there's no better feeling than when it's done. Yes. Mm -hmm. And everyone is exhausted, but everyone's flooded with endorphins mm -hmm. and they've just accomplished some ver something very difficult oh. with another group of people. There's just, you know, it's like that first couple of drinks. Yeah. You know, finishing <laughs> yeah. the workout and letting the endorphins rush through you with, you know, people you care about and admire. It's like this 
just feels good. Yeah. yeah. Like he says, like, we all just got high together. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Right. You mentioned support and coming in and feeling the support. That's support not only in the gym, but outside as well. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah. like to have people who are supportive of, you know, like your work life and people who have, who are looking and searching for jobs or people who have just moved into town. They're like, Hey, like I'm looking to make friends. Like that support goes further than just cheering them on. Come on, keep going the workout. It's like, Hey man, is there any way we can help out with anything and serve? Like I was talking about the kids again and how many moms we've had come through oh, yeah. the gym, getting baby clothes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a second. You should wait. Like there are tons of moms in the gym who are just looking to so give away clothes. clothes and, and dads. And yes. dads. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm like, you didn't have to buy anything. I'm sure we could have outfitted your entire nursery with whatever you needed, but just support in that aspect too, you oh, know, yeah. like well, with all the wisdom that you ladies as moms have that you can pass down, you know? Yeah. I think it's been such a cool thing. Like I said, like every phase of life, like getting to share those phases with people, right? Like when you think when we're kids, you tend, if you don't move, you kind of tend to go to school with the same kids for 10, 14 years, right? And in adulthood, that doesn't always happen, like a group of people. Like you're really lucky to have one or two friends for an extended period of time. The gym, for me, has almost been this like extended grade school type of experience, yeah. right? Like PE we, class for adults, that's <laughs> what I call it. It's like, but it's, it's with those kinds of bonds, like we've all been training together for over a decade and it's almost like our class of people and we've gone through all these different seasons together of these like long friendships of a very long time like from when you told us you were pregnant i remember the first time you came over and held hudson i had never held a baby True before <laughs> i was terrified i was like i yeah, yeah I don't know. Oh, I didn't, didn't know if we were gonna break it but i held him yeah you, you did, did. Uh, let you it did. be known and that <laughs> little i remember that Uriah has that circle. onesie, yeah. That onesie. And then most of Uriah's clothes came from Becca. Yeah. A lot of like the parenting wisdom that I've gotten has come from the gym on like, hey, what's worked? What doesn't? What do you wish you would have known? Like marriage advice, all of that. And it's kind of a unique space because as an adult, how often, unless you're working at a company, I guess that might be comparable, but you're probably not talking about the inappropriate things that get talked <laughs> about at the gym. But it's kind of that unique dynamic, right? Like we have this group of people that have been with us for over a decade. And how often do you really... If you're not like very close social friends, do you get to kind of be in that space with people for that long, you know? Yeah. It's a cool experience. It's super cool. Yeah, and see, them every, see you almost every day. Yeah, literally. We spend, we say it all the time that people, it, people don't understand the gym sometimes or maybe the culture. And it's like, man, we spend more time with these people than we do our extended family. I mean, we're at the gym six days a week, most weeks, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. we try to bounce around times or coaching times or whatnot. But it's like a lot of times you're seeing those people that you train with way more than you're seeing cousins, sisters, siblings, parents, things like True. that. So it really is a unique space. So if you don't know what community is about, then maybe you need to come check it out. Come check it out. Come yeah. check it out. So before we get into our next discussion, we've got Obsession of the Week, y'all. Obsession, obsession of the Week. Obsession of the Week. This segment is all about our latest Obsession of the Week. Because you know anything about the Fosters, they're always on some sort of kick or challenge or new obsessions. So what do you got, boo? What's the obsession of the week? This week, I am obsessed with With Love & Co. They are a local company. You can find them at downtown Summerlin. Okay, but they okay. have they have um, all-natural essential oil, non-endocrine disruptor perfume that I am obsessed with. Mm -hmm. So if anyone is like looking for a present, <laughs> like Valentine's Day is coming up. I don't know. Essential oils. I really love the white tea and the Bulgarian rose. They're, and then they also have this magnesium spray that like 
puts me right to sleep. I have a really hard time falling asleep. So I spray this stuff on my feet or on my chest and boom, I'm out. So they're a local company. I love their story too. Um, it was actually the wife created this company out of necessity. Her poor husband had a terrible burn accident in 2016. Mm. And when they were in the burn, um, the burn center, they kept talking about the importance of lotioning these areas of his skin on, on his face and everything that she was buying over the counter was just perfumed or had alcohol in it or just something that was so painful and she couldn't bear it. So she created a laboratory essentially like in her own kitchen to look at a holistic way of creating some better balms and lotions and with love and co was born and they have like i said a little brick and mortar in downtown summerlin yeah. love them if you're looking for a nice natural perfume that's where it's at like that's it. my obsession get it get it i like it becca what you got what's the obsession of the week for you i guess it could be for the last few weeks but <laughs> my aura ring mm. that i got oh, for the aura ring yeah it tracks my sleep which I, I, I'm obsessed with tracking my sleep. Avi <laughs> was too. Ask, there were days where oh, we were on the whoop, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm obsessed. obsessed I like, will see different things that I can do at night, like throw on a casserole pack. Will it affect my HRV? Well, I, I love to look at the data and see how it affects me. I mean, even the alcohol, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy what even one drink oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. does to my sleep to my HRV. So get yourself an aura ring. I may have $40 <laughs> off for you. Hit me oh, up. Hey. Hit him with the promo code. <laughs> promo code at the Gutsy Nerves. <laughs> Will, what you got, man? What's the obsession of the week? It has nothing to do with health or fitness. <laughs> it doesn't have to. Or, or wisdom or or living a meaningful <laughs> life or being present or, uh, <laughs> or, or, or anything really useful whatsoever. It's the language of a federal statute related to uh, criminal copyright infringement. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know I was that like, I would understand it, even if you did. Yeah, because no one cares. But I, I have a case, and, and I looked at the statute the other day, and you know how they say Beethoven went mad or something, just humming that, da, 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 mm -hmm. da, you know, the, the yep. couple of notes in his head? So this one phrase in the statute, it just, it just keeps circling in my head, and it's, it can mean one of two things, one of which is good for my client, the other of which is not so good for my client. <laughs> Flip a quarter. Yeah, and uh, I, I just, I mean, I think about it when I'm trying to go to sleep at night. You know, it's its the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning. I I, I spent five hours today just- like, This is Will's Roman Empire. This is a true obsession. I was just reading, reading this- the, you know, this phrase over and over and over and just uh, thinking about, the, you know, the, the permutations and, you know, the implications and how many ways it can be, you know, interpreted or construed and like, you know, why and why not? <laughs> and I just, I, I'm, I may be going crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I should probably obsession. do something less cerebral um, <laughs> for my own mental health. And this case will go to trial and Eventually, a judge will say what that statute means. <laughs> well, let's hope it's in your favor. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to pray for today. Let's get on with my life at that oh point. Gosh, I love it. Amazing. I love it. Omar, what's your obsession of the week? Yeah, I guess I'm currently obsessed with, uh, sorry, not sorry, ice cream. Yes, you gosh, are. Gosh, man, we had it twice last week. Why is we? it so good? Well, okay. We? You didn't have it? What? You didn't have it at all? No, I was on my liver oh, cleanse. Oh, that's right. You were on liver cleanse. Yeah, Sorry. twice, Becca. I was Sorry. on. I was on a, a functional medicine liver that. cleanse. Well, it's kind of like celebratory, right? We're like, we just. Sorry, finished. not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Exactly. We well just branded. Finished, I just finished doing like the Momentum Men's Camp that's right. session one, then doing 
podcast episode one. I was like, let's go and celebrate, get some ice cream. So we get ice cream. What was that? Saturday night. And if you then, guys have not had Sorry Not Sorry. Yeah, shout out to Sorry Not Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Our boy Drew. Drew opened up Sorry Not Sorry, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we got a Saturday night and then we came downtown. Down here for MLK. Oh, that was Sunday. We got Sunday. Came downtown for MLK Parade. On Monday. And they just so happened to open up a new Sorry Not Sorry downtown. So we walked by it on our way to Container Park and it was closed, which I was like, thank you. Because that would have been hard to turn away from. And then we walked back. It was like 2.30. And, and then it was open. And it was open. <laughs> and it's like, how do you tell the kids, no, they can't have ice cream on the way back from a fun, like, day of play? Well, Omar knows. Or Omar, I'm sorry. Uriah knows. Uriah knows that, like, sorry, not sorry is Omar's Achilles heel. <laughs> and so it's like he'll ask for other ice cream and it will be like, no. But he knows if we're passing a sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And it's a weekend. The chances are high. Yeah, he can so be like, dad, play. it's sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, totally. You got to get your double, your double cookies and cream yeah speaking of uriah this will lead us into a nice segue into our next topic about mm. nutrition uriah was making some food with you some soup right this past week yeah so part of um, our homeschool curriculum this week um was i always try to include them in the kitchen and kind of home things as well as normal curriculum uh but he made a chicken and wild rice soup that yeah. my mom taught me to make and so i was teaching him so he made a Whole day, went to the grocery store. He got to pick out the produce. He had to make a list. That's great. And then he got to make uh, Omar dinner. And then we had leftovers. He got to give them to grandma and grandpa. Yeah, he was so stoked. He like yeah. FaceTimed me and wanted me to show him his soup. And like, look what I did, dad. And I came home and I was like, the soup is pretty bomb. And it's just so cool to see that evolution. Like, because mm. I didn't have that as a kid, not being taught how to like go and like grab your own groceries and like which produce to pick. And, you know, you love organic fruits and veggies and what type of meat to grab to come home and then prep that all up and serve it for your family, serve it for your parents, and then like be excited and proud to serve it to the grandparents as well. Mm-hmm. He was stoked. I mean, my journey with food, I remember being in high school. I worked at In-N-Out in high school, and we ate In-N-Out every day. And I'm not talking like a double-double. I mean, this was at minimum four-by-fours or five-by-fives every single day. And I would open up the store and I'd put together the shake machine, right? And the shake machine had like a hundred little puzzle piece parts. So I had to put all those things together, loop up all these rings, pour the milk in it, wait for it to get cold. And about an hour into it getting cold, I had to test it out. So I was like he the tester for the shake. test it out. And I he, would fill he up. He says that like it's such a labor, like so much labor. Like I had to test well, it. Well, I mean, it was required to test it out. How much I tested out is a different story, right? <laughs> was that against quality So control? I would pour like a 12-ounce pour of strawberry shake for breakfast. Every morning I worked there. Lunch would roll around at 11 or noon. And the, the, whoever was the manager of the day would be like, Omar, how hungry are you? And I was like, if I ever said I'm starving, it was five by five. Grilled onions, oh fries, yeah. and then another strawberry shake. I had terrible skin, terrible acne, like greasy, oily bumps everywhere. And I just couldn't figure it out. Here I am buying proactive. And I'm like, why isn't this proactive working? <laughs> it's not probably, I do love In-N-Out though. Probably you has nothing that. to do with your, yes. I mean, now I go to In-N-Out and we do like, we do flying Dutchman. Just, just not every day. Meat patties and <laughs> cheese, you know, it's. You say cheese. I do say cheese. I know. Yeah. I know. Paul Saladino <laughs> would frown upon and announce cheese. Yeah. Uh, it's probably as much plastic as it is. <laughs> not, not really. Yes, we know. But it's, it's for the kids. You know, it's oh, for it's the kids. kids. Fry Shake Day. We go That's to In and Out on Fridays. Um, but, anyways, my relationship with food kind of goes along those lines of nothing was off limits, really. You know, like I drank soda, Mr. Pibb, Dr. Pepper every day, hit 7 Eleven to get hot dogs that are on the rollers for who knows how long. And I would combo those with hot Cheetos and more soda. So my nutrition growing up was terrible. And then I get into the Air Force and it's really about eating as much as you could possibly eat, 
right? Because we had the chow hall. So it's like the food was free. So you just stack it on. It's like, how many calories can you get? It's almost like a competition on the mm. military. You know, it's like, you think you can eat all that? I bet you I can double what you're eating <laughs> and put you to shame, you know? So anyways, fast forward to where we are today. And I mean, my nutrition is completely different, obviously with the, with the help of my wife and, you know, how adamant you are about making sure we all get quality ingredients, quality, quality products, quality produce, quality meats. I mean, now it's, it's grass-fed, pasture-raised meats, pasture-raised eggs. Like we're on a big raw dairy kick where, you know, we got to pick up raw milk from the plug, you know. Are you even allowed to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like Fight Club. I don't yeah, think you're supposed to talk, talk about, about it. The raw milk. Can't talk about the raw milk. <laughs> don't pick out up. your source. Yeah, weed is legal, but raw milk is still illegal when you got to hit the plug up for that. <laughs> raw honey, you know. <laughs> it's crazy to think about, right? 2024 is wild. Yeah, but it's a complete shift where we are now with food versus where we are growing up. And I think everyone has an evolution yeah. um, with nutrition just as they do with their fitness. Yeah, I think sometimes people look at nutrition as such a black and white thing. Like you either eat healthy or you don't, or food is good or it's bad. And I think that that's kind of a limiting belief for me. I was blessed that my, I had a stay-at-home mom and she was a phenomenal cook, but it was because my grandfather was a chef. And so that by nature kind of went down. And so we ate a lot of real food. My issue with food was really more around body image issues. Mm. I grew up watching my mom, who I thought was so stunning, battle addiction. And part of her addiction when she was trying to get sober was a lot of uh, alcoholics will kind of turn to candy because uh, the mm. sugar addiction that kind of comes with that. Um, and so when she was sober, she would turn to candy and sugar. And so that led to weight gain. And I never looked at her. Um, as though she had gained weight, but I watched her just pick herself apart like my whole life. And so then that really led to me doing a lot of restrictive eating mm. and kind of undiagnosed eating disorders for sure. Like seeing how many days I could go without eating when I was in high school. Wow. We went to an arts high school where you had to change out for theater because we had to wear uniforms. And so it was, you change out of your normal school clothes into your theater clothes. And we were in the same hallway as the dance majors, which was really hard for me on my self-esteem because the only other girls that I saw that were my height were like the ballerinas Got it. and they were a very different stature than I was. So I had, a, I would definitely go without and kind of had deprived mentality around that. And then I started lifeguarding, which did not help either. And then from there, um, ended up being around a lot of nightlife and a lot of cocktail waitresses. And I would look at them and look at me and realize one of these things was not like the other. And so that damaged my relationship, I think, even further. And it wasn't until you and I met and started on the nutrition journey with Paul mm. that it really changed everything for me. So we had a gentleman, Paul T, superhuman. Yeah, shout out to Paul T. I don't know where he is. He's off the grid He's off the grid living, man. So he he's probably not listening to this, but he was our first introduction to what real food looked like. And he put yeah. words to paleo before there was paleo and yeah, keto before there was keto. And Will was actually a part of that journey with us as well. That was our first real introduction of this idea that food labels were actual bullshit and yeah. like who knew at the time i didn't um if something said low sugar low fat i assumed that that was good and what yeah. i've learned now is that the labels are there to mislead you and mm -hmm. then i learned even more as i went on my own journey with my career with having to actually create the labels for some of the brands that i worked for and going through just the process of understanding like how does something become organic or why would we call it keto and then starting to like peel back the veil, if you will, as you start to go into grocery stores and seeing things for what they really are. And then looking at ingredients and all of the baseline work that Paul had done 
Um, and it's like, I think it's just one of those things once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Once you start to see like what ingredients are really made up of or what they trick you with or. Yeah. And that's the sad part for some people because it's, it's like they're so actually sad. trying. It's like, okay, I'm going to try yeah. to eat better. And then they go out and like you said, they're buying the low sugar, the diet version of this. Right now reality, it's like everything's keto or gluten free. And there are things yeah. where it's like, well, that just it because doesn't it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Keto <laughs> could mean chemical shitstorm, could mean seed oils, could mean all the other things. So it's been a a journey, but a lot of mine wasn't so much, I think, reintroducing what foods were good for me. It was learning to read labels and whatnot, but I think I had a propensity towards, I always loved vegetables. I've always liked fruit. I've always liked, well, I was vegetarian for a little bit, but I've always liked whole foods. It was healing my relationship with food and the way I viewed myself and what that looks like from a female perspective, which I think is a different struggle than maybe like what guys go through on like trying to get bigger and whatnot. I looked at food as either a reward or a punishment. You know, I looked gotcha. at fitness as a punishment. If I ate pizza, I was going to 24 hour fitness to run because I was, I was a bad person. I ate a bad piece of food. I mean, you're in trouble. Yeah. Go to the gym and run the treadmill. Totally. For an hour. And it, I think that like growing up, like that was kind of our parents at it, at least for women, like the generation of women that raised us, it was like, moment on the lips forever on the hips like that was a saying i'll never nothing tastes as good as skinny feels like i remember hearing this stuff (laughs) and like telling myself this shit like that like real talk like i thought that that was like a real motivator like how screwed up is that and i think now having a daughter really really changed my relationship with food on like okay how do you present it like i i don't do a lot of ice cream not because i don't like ice cream but i have an autoimmune disease and it doesn't really do great with processed sugar but i'm really picky about making sure that our daughter also sees me eat Mm -hmm. things because i tell oh all the time regardless that i have limitations of my food because of my body i don't want to pass down the mentality around food that i had to my daughter it's so important Mm mm-hmm you know, yeah, Becca, we were talking about the first food challenge that you did with us. It was the oh, paleo yeah. food that challenge, was right? For me, because I kind of had the opposite in the sense that I feel like I was very blessed and very fortunate to have, to have a mom who had a very healthy relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Never saw her pick herself apart. Shout so out good. to Mama Beth. Yeah, um, <laughs> so good. She, I just, I remember, I was just talking to her about this. She's in town, yeah, and I remember telling her, I'm like, I don't ever remember her picking herself apart ever. Oh, it's such ever. a good thing. So I feel like I never looked at food that way. Now, was I nourishing my body looking back? No, <laughs> no, not by any means. Um, She cooked a lot. I unfortunately never got in the kitchen with her. I was always, she's like, you were too busy. You were studying. You wanted to get A's. And um, so for me later on in life, it has been this whole learning to cook mm. and learning to provide, you know, my boys with these meals and teaching them about nutrition yeah. because I didn't learn a lot about, I mean, still learning, you know, yeah. I didn't learn a lot about nutrition until later on Yeah. Um, because I, in college, Oh my gosh, the food that I didn't, I don't, I don't think I cooked a single meal. I ate out for every <laughs> single meal in college. And then, you know, fast forward to this paleo challenge. This was before I had kids too. And we did no sugar, like yeah, no, no fruit, fruit yeah. anything. For I still have like was, PTSD about that. Was oh like the whole, my gosh, whole, life, whole life challenge. Right? I had yeah. the worst headache of my life. It was, it, I think it was seven days. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first time where I actually started turning boxes yeah. <laughs> around and, Looking at the labels, I I was a sucker for good marketing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is low fat. This has to be good for you. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, low sugar. That's how they get you. You know, I will say I never struggled a ton with my weight. In college, yes, I gained, 
you know, some people gain their freshman 15. I gained the <laughs> freshman 25. I really <laughs> just went for it. So that was probably during that time where I really felt like, oh my gosh, this, I got to got to do something about it. I just didn't go out as much. Yeah. That's like, your, that's like dieting in your twenties. Like, oh, I, I just stopped partying as much because I was in nursing school. So yep. that helped. But so yes, this paleo challenge really was, it was great. It was eye-opening for me a lot. And then just over the last 10 years, I think I've just only, you know, learned more and more about really what we're putting in our bodies, mm-hmm. not only in our bodies, on our bodies. Yes. Yeah. So kind of evolved into this whole integrative health thing that this road that I'm down, which that's a conversation for another. Yeah, time, I mean, but. it is one of those things. Like I said, that once you see it, you can't unsee yeah. it, right? Because even when you're making choices, it's like you know what what's in certain things, and it's like whether it's goldfish or I don't know, like whatever. It's weird how I remember Paul had said he's like, once you know, yeah, you can't unknow yeah. it, mm-hmm. and you might still make those choices, but it's different when you're making the choice with the knowledge. And you think you're doing the right. Like I thought I was healthy, I really did, but mm. I look back, I had horrible eczema, horrible like. Horrible GI issues. Yeah. It's crazy we I'll, don't see the symptoms, though, you know? You yeah. don't see the symptoms until they're gone. But Yeah, I was telling Ollie about that on Absolutely. the way here. And Absolutely. I was, I was talking about, like, what we consume, if our body doesn't agree with it, comes out one way or another. You know, like, it comes out of our skin. You should thank your body skin. for that. Yeah, like, you start to see skin rashes or whatever the case may be, eczema or red spots. And you're like, oh, what am I doing? And I was like, people go to dermatologists. And what do dermatologists do? Cream. They just give you Medication. some cream. Like, ah, slap that on. It's going to burn for the first couple of weeks, but it'll help <laughs> melt that off your face. You know, like that's You may have these industry. other side effects, yeah. but it'll get rid of the rash. Yeah. What about you, Will? How did your food evolve? Because I know you were with us during the Paul T. introduction of real food. He's, he's the first guy I remember <clears throat> who explained that eating fat doesn't make you fat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wasn't that mind that bending was a new at the concept. time? Yeah, Up it was. to that point, I was like, yeah, because that's why it says low fat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what makes it good is that it's low fat. <laughs> 100%. Right? Yeah. So, but, you know, up until that point, I was eating protein shakes. Yeah. And like every three hours, I would have a protein bar. Not even like the good current version of protein <laughs> bars with grass-fed beef. Oh, you know? yeah. This was like a there. box of 12 from Costco. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. on a pallet of 400. Yep. I know exactly and what I, you're talking I, about. I would just carry those things in like every three. Because I bought into this bullshit idea <laughs> <laughs> that you got to keep your metabolism. You got to stoke the yeah. fire. Right? You got to eat. Every couple hours. Yeah, you that's right. Just and especially some. if you're a guy and you're trying to put on muscle, you, you got you can you can only absorb 30 grams of protein in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So every three hours, you got to put in 30 grams. That's right? right. So I was just, you know, I was stuffing my face with all this stuff. And uh, I don't know if I, I guess maybe I had bigger muscles, but I was just like puffy and uncomfortable <laughs> uh-huh. and bloated. Yeah. But I didn't realize it till I cut all that shit out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yield by cliff bars. Totally. <laughs> what is it? Cliff, Cliff bars. bars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think like most things in life, what it comes down to is effort. Mm. Eating healthy requires effort. Yes. You yes. know, you have to be selective in what you buy. And best case scenario, you prepare your own food. All that takes effort, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, easier, it's easiest to go through a drive-thru. You know, second easiest, I guess, to buy something and heat it up. You know, but these are just, you know, those are varying levels of unhealthy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I read uh, Carnivore Code. I read Paul Saladino's book. Mm -hmm. And he made a point that to me is just intuitively obvious. You know, agriculture has only been around for 10,000, roughly 10,000 years. 
Humans have been around for 250, 300,000 years. It's only in the last 10,000 years, which is a blink of an eye evolutionarily, that we've been eating, you know, crops that have been raised and stuff like this. You know, and his, his basic premise is our, our digestive systems haven't evolved, haven't changed in the last 10,000 years, really, from what they were. So, you know, genetically, we're still designed to eat the same things that hunter-gatherers ate, mm -hmm. the same way that hunter-gatherers ate. Through that. And what that means, crudely stated, is meat most of the time and only when you're hungry. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. I had gotten real just used to eating three meals a day. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, first it was like three meals six and snacks or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah right, every couple right. hours, time, <laughs> right. time meals. But it's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Even if I wasn't hungry, it, it, I started doing some intermittent fasting and I cut out breakfast and it's, I wasn't hungry. And when I went for a while fasting, I, I kind of became acquainted again with what it feels like to be hungry. Mm -hmm. And then I knew, oh, this is when I'm hungry. This is when I'm not. And then I was able to kind of be in touch with myself and think, am I hungry? And if not, don't eat. Mm. So sometimes that means just eating like one big meal a day, mm -hmm. you know, around 11 or 12. Yeah. And in the evening, you know, although my, you know, my habit kind of my default setting is to eat some food it's not always because I'm hungry. Sometimes it's just, you know, I want a little bit of comfort. You know what I mean? Or yeah. it's the habit. Listen, or I'm Greek. You don't got to explain it to me. Food yeah, is or emotion. Like, or I want to procrastinate. I want to put off doing something that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. So I know if I eat, I can put it off for a while. But it's just, I became very uh, detached from my own sense of when I was hungry and when I wasn't. And like the more I've tried to realign eating with hunger, mm -hmm. I just feel like, I just feel like all my systems are functioning a lot more properly. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I just feel like, I don't know. There's Your body functions as it should. Yeah, Food exactly. Food fuel. Right, right. And, and I realize that if I exercise a lot, I tend to be heavier. But on days, for example, that I don't exercise, I'm not as hungry. Mm -hmm. And so I don't eat as much. Mm -hmm. I think just bringing the awareness back is, is such an accomplishment. I think it's something that we don't put enough focus on them. Sometimes we talk about nutrition and we talk about people's relationship with food because a, you don't realize how emotional it is, or you really don't understand. Or if you've done like a fast, I think it's like when you start to become aware of like how much emotion is attached to food, how much ritual is attached to food, how much habit is attached to it. And so sometimes when people over the years struggle with their weight or their goals or whatnot, they're like, I just can't get it right. I don't think they realize how much there is to unpack there because they've never gone past the point of maybe a 21 day challenge or a 30 day challenge to like really start to unpack and dissect for them individually. Cause everyone is so different, right? Like what their relationship looks like, what is the dynamic of which they look like? What are the habits that they've picked up? What are the rituals that they have? Like within their nutrition and how that plays out. Cause for me, food is super emotional. Like I love, cooking for my family, mm -hmm. <clears throat> not just because of like the health benefits, but I really love sharing time around a table, breaking bread with people, yeah. sharing a meal. It is that communal tribal thing. And I also grew up like the really good times of my childhood were around a table of home cooked food that my mom made. And so for me, it's like that emotional tie I love, like, if we're going to go out with people, I love going to dinner. Not because just the dinner went out, but I just love that experience of, like, sharing flavors and experience and what did you like and the element that food brings. But if you don't ever go past the comfort zone of, like, a 21-day challenge or a 30-day challenge and really kind of get in your head a little bit about 
A, like, am I really hungry? Am I bored? What is this feeling? What am I using food to kind of almost substitute? Because it is this like living, breathing thing in our life when the reality is food is intended to be fuel, right? And I think all the all the different modalities of diet can work if you're consistent because we've done them all. I mean, we've done them almost all. Yeah, we've done a lot. Sure. We've done paleo, macros, yeah, intermittent keto, fasting. Paleo, macro, fasting, zone. Zone. Vegetarian. vegetarian. vegetarian for a week. Yeah, I was oh. vegetarian for seven years. I was about, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's I right. forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I was vegetarian for seven years. So that's a whole I'm other sorry. episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still, yeah. still yeah. going to go for it. My Greek family is still forgiving me, I think, for that one. But it is that self-awareness, I think, that really like clicks it over for people when you start to look at the relationship with food and not just the food. Because the reality is, like, I, I believe it. Like You can lose weight on any diet if it's somewhat complete you yeah. know mm -hmm. it's more about like the habits and the rituals and your relationship that you have with it that sometimes people can't can't get past yeah it requires a lot of discipline like will said it requires effort yes you know it's not the easy route out to eat i just think as people need to get back to eating just whole foods i yeah. think that we have their needs it's called a everyone wants to what diet are you on what diet it's like yeah. just start eating Real, real food, real food, real and that's food. what Paul's thing was real called food. back in the day. Real, real food. food, and we did, like it didn't click for us back then. Like, <laughs> real food, yeah. The thing that's food. so funny is I just remember being in the conference room. We had held this nutrition seminar at my job when I was working at Red Bull at the distribution center, like in the conference room, and Paul was giving. And I remember everyone's faces like, "Wait, wait, wait, full fat dairy, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like for real, like you want me to drink." Yeah. whole full fat milk like you want me to go get the kind that had the cream the cream at the top yeah like and, and butter <laughs> and I'm then we yeah. butter and then we're gonna like, put butter in our coffee yeah. and blend that up with coconut oil I remember, I remember we left and I looked at Omar I was like I don't it's know where intense. you found this guy I don't know <laughs> <laughs> and then we I remember like we, we did that challenge with them and it just was such a game changer like I remember everything starting to fire and like click over and the amount of energy that I had I was like wait this is crazy and it's yeah. all coming from real food he yeah. was the one that was he was always barefoot always barefoot too. he was always grounding yeah. He, yeah he was on to something he was on to something Back then, twelve years ago, Paul, Paul's yeah. a trendsetter, dude. Yeah, he He's off the grid now. He can't, he can't <laughs> hear us. But it, Paul, he, if you're out there, he is him and his pup. I remember he liked the linerless uh, workout shorts. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why. See, polyester. Man, he was on to something. That dude was straight up natural. Yeah, he was. everywhere, everywhere. His whipped deodorant, dude. Him. I still look up to him. Yeah, me too. So before we close today's episode. We got to finish with a little gratitude, y'all. Mm. So we're going to go around the table, give three things you're grateful for. Start with them. We'll start with you guys. Becca, what you got? What you grateful for? Three things you're grateful for. Well, first and foremost, you guys. Hey. You guys. Um, Thank you. In the community you've created. Thank you. Yeah. My health and my family. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I love it. your health and your family, too. <laughs> what you got? What are you grateful for? I'll start. There's this uh, Ricky Gervais has a show called Afterlife. And the character he plays at one point talks about happiness. And he says, you know, happiness is so good that it doesn't have, even have to be your happiness to enjoy it. Mm, that's good. You know, and I, I, and, I, and I look at you guys, you know, and what you're doing. Mm. And, uh, and I see you being happy. And I enjoy it. Mm. You know? So I was thinking about this because I, I knew we were going to be asked something like this. I remember, <laughs> well, I remember before my wife and I had kids, we, uh, you know, like I, I had some disposable income. So I had like a fancy car and fancy clothes, <laughs> and, you know, and ate at expensive restaurants and stuff. And, you know, we traveled. Like nothing blew my mind. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. none of that moved the needle. And, and, and the world just seemed to have, didn't seem to be like as bright or as wondrous. Mm. And I thought, you know, with kids, 
you get to see all everything is new yeah. and amazing and fantastic. Yeah. And so you kind of get to see the world mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. through their eyes. Mm-hmm. So good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And so I was thinking, you know, there's there's a couple of new people at the gym. You know, you, new people come in and, they, you know, they're a little bit uneasy, you know, a little bit self-conscious yes. and stuff, not very strong, you know, not, not very good at the exercises and stuff. And then you watch them evolve over time, you know, and then, then, uh, you know, like the, like the girls start getting the tighter yoga, workout <laughs> stuff. you know what I mean? The they shirt get, fashion kind of right. changes. The shirt comes off. That's yeah. right. They, they start losing some fat and gaining some muscle, you know Confidence. what I mean? Still, that's right. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, and the, and the guys start maybe wearing a sleeveless shirt <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? Totally. And, uh, but you just get, you get to see them evolve, mm. you know, and grow into like, just like a, a a better version of themselves, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and totally. I'm kind of a ways down that road. Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to get a lot better, you know, than I am right now. But yeah. these people, man, they are making dramatic changes. And you for get to the see better. them like discovering what yeah. they're capable of, and it's totally. like that part is. I don't care how long we do this. Like that part for me never gets old. It never gets old. It never gets old when you see that moment that it clicks over for them. And it could be as simple as like, everyone makes fun of CrossFitters for taking their shirt off. But like, if you have never taken your shirt off during a workout, like you don't understand how intimidating that can be when that's the norm in your gym. And it's like, it could be that moment, right? That moment they like take their shirt off because it's hot as shit. They're finally like- <laughs> Or because the AC is broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, but that moment that. though, you know what I mean? That moment when it clicks over for them, it's like for me that never gets old because it's, we all, I, I remember getting to see like you guys go through that moment when I went through that moment yeah. and it kind of brings you back to being like, like they just discovered themselves and like they're just at the tip of what they're capable of mm-hmm. and I get to like witness the rest of the journey. That part is so cool. The downside is that the guys- inevitably get bigger and faster and stronger than me <laughs> so you know whereas before i was encouraging them you know now you got this kid yeah now they're way no, ahead of me and they're lifting more weight than me you know they're helping like, you unload the bar like, yeah, yeah, yeah cleaning up your know, equipment like, yeah oh like i don't gosh. want to partner with them on the workouts you know like look for someone with a bad knee or a bad shoulder or something oh, but that's hilarious. but uh good for them you know so th- that's a long way to say um you know, I great. Um, I'm grateful. I have a place to come and watch people, uh, you know, become them best selves. You mm-hmm. know, and just like grow into their potential and stuff. And and I know that that permeates and radiates out into other aspects of their lives. You know, oh, like yeah. I'm sure these people are a little more patient, a little more considerate. You know, with their family members, are probably a little bit more productive at work. Yeah. You know, it's just it, it just it, the ripple effect. You know, was just wonderful. And you know, and I'm just. I'm just glad that, you know, I, I get to be, I get to witness that sort of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And play a small little role. Totally. Uh, I try to be welcoming, you know, especially welcoming to new people come in because it's just, yeah. I want, I want them to have what I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to totally. pay it forward. It's like, cause it's, it's not just good for them. It's good for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm glad I have, I'm glad I'm a part of, uh, you know, of a, of a place that foster and, yeah. And encourage that sort of growth. I'm glad I'm healthy. Yeah. You know, my wife tells me I'm 50, so I have to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, it'll um, be okay. It'll be all right. But, you know, for all I know, I'm, I'm very healthy, especially for my age. Yeah. 
you know. Will's a beast. He's like undermining. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, uh, it's all genetic, guys. You guys are just lucky to be blessed with those genes. Uh, don't, don't even you get just love people say that. Heard <laughs> oh. that quite a few times. I'll get yeah. upset over that. Yeah, they say you know if if everyone wrote their problems down and put them on a piece of paper and threw them in the middle of the room, you'd be scrambling to get your problems back. Yeah, you know what I mean. So true. Look, the problems that I have are gold-plated problems. Mm, yeah, for sure. Good way to like, put it. Yeah, so I'm I'm just blessed for all of the lucky things that are responsible for me being in the position I am right now. And I, I really think it's luck. It's mm. just luck, you know, so I'm glad I'm lucky. Yeah, mm. we're lucky to have you, dude. Go ahead, boo. My three this week. I'm going to go with my health as well. I have just have been, feel like I've been, you know, and sometimes you just feel like you're hearing stories left and right of people that just get, unfortunate news and whatnot. It's nothing that's been directly in our circle, but I think sometimes so often we take for granted our health. We were uh, getting the kids health donuts. We were getting kids donuts this morning and we witnessed just this moment where this old man was outside and his, it looked like his daughter had to pull the car up to, to help him off the curb. And I just had this moment of sitting and watching him and thinking like looking at my kids and having this reflective moment, right? I'm sitting in the shop with my kids. I'm looking out the window, seeing this daughter put her dad in the car. And I just thought in a moment, I'm going to blink. And if I'm lucky, my kids will be loading me into a car like that with so much love and so much tenderness and mm. so much care, you know, like just the patience that she had. Yeah, she, she like did. slowly opened the door and he, I mean, it took him five minutes. It, did. To it took him some <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go out and help him. For, actually, I was like, you need a little hand. Um, he was just taking his time. And it reminded me of my grandma and, and when, what an ordeal it would be to take her out to dinner and then to take her to, to the bathroom or something yeah. like that, you know. But I just had this moment of like real gratitude of that, like, A, I'm healthy enough at this age that I can look at that just in general, my health. Um, I would also say our members, I was, I was sitting again, kind of on a reflective moment this morning after the Saturday workout and it's just packed, right? And it's one of those, we're lifting barbells and everyone's being so considerate about just making sure they're in their their area. But it was just such a cool feeling to sit back and just to know like, man, everybody is here suffering together and just getting, taking a moment to kind of, I think, look at what we've created and the space that we've created to allow that to happen was really cool. And then lastly, I'm going to say Omar again. Um, you have really just pushed me. I feel like in this last six months in general, just really outside of my comfort zone, you're challenging me to do cold plunges on days I don't even want to <laughs> because we're rudely competitive. And now we got a streak going. Now we got the streak going. Now we've got that obsession. But I'm just so thankful for your leadership and your vision. Thank you, I'm thankful for just to see where you're doing the momentum and the stuff of the gym and just really pushing us outside of our comfort zone. I'll mm. never get enough of that. So thank you. I love that. Thank you, boo. I love you. I love you. I'm grateful for home-cooked meals. You were talking about that earlier. I just, I love home-cooked meals. You tear it up in the kitchen, you know? I take that as a compliment because O's mom is bomb chef, so. She'd be throwing on the steaks on the cast iron grill with butter and, you know, if I'm that real carnivore food. and she yeah. wants to just do fruit for me, I'm like, okay, she like tailors to my needs. And I'm, I'm grateful for that to just sit down again. Like I think I said that, that's it last week. Probably. To sit down at the table and just break bread with my family. I love that. Um, I'm grateful for conversations. You know, mm -hmm. just to be able to sit here and like you said, we don't get face-to-face -face conversation and interactions anymore. You know, like you were saying, people barely want to talk on the phone anymore because it feels a little too close. So like we I message and we text. And you can call me whenever. Well, probably <laughs> different for women. I think you guys phone. both love talking on the phone. But, <laughs> we you know, like just to, to have a face-to-face -face conversation. Call me anytime. <laughs> Even in this setting, it's like, all right, this you know, a little nerve-wracking, but like we're here and we're, we're discussing some topics that, yeah. that, you know, go deeper than just the surface. And then I'm grateful for 
some legacy members, mm-hmm. you know, some people have been riding with us for 11, 12 years, man. Like all the different phases that we've gone through in this, in this business, you know, the yeah, ups supporting and downs us and, like when we've made mistakes and when we've stubbed our toe, cause this isn't definitely an imperfect practice for sure. Yeah. So with you guys being legacy members, we want to present you guys with something here. <laughs> That's for you. Before we get into the gifts, I, I forgot my, my nine-year-old is probably going to watch this. So I should say the thing I'm most thankful for <laughs> in the world is probably Nora. Oh, we oh, love Nora. We love She's Nora. the bomb. Nora helped break us all in Check as parents out, at the gym. Am I supposed to open this? Yeah, open that up. Open that up. So we want to present you guys oh, with our first so ever Hall of Fame trophies, Will Brown, Becca Margeson, and we've got trophies for our other legacy members as well. But we have three so other makes, inductees. That makes as these well. a little less special. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you guys again. Great, we're, we're both grateful, beyond thank grateful you. for you guys. Oh yeah, hold them up, let people see. Let the people see. Look at that. Yeah, had those made. Our for first you. inductees to I the Social City Hall of Fame. Social City Hall of Fame presents the Will Brown, Becca Margeson for outstanding commitment, dedication, and hard work. This is January twenty twenty four. FFUKW, Fit Force, you know, whoop. Also, we want to give a shout out to John Forsyth, Matt Nealon, and Katy. And Katy Gonzalez, Cat Ninja. Yeah, they have all been with us as well for over a decade. And so they are also receiving Hall of Fame trophies. That's great. We are just so thankful for you guys riding with us throughout the seasons and many more to come. Yeah, big, big thank you. I need to get a chain that I can put this on. <laughs> yeah, you do. This thing's sharp. So that wraps up our episode two. Hey. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Check us out. Subscribe to our YouTube. We're on Spotify and Apple.